By the end of the 80s, uh, you were still hitting it with We're Moving Up. Um, not quite as big uh, or as a su success as All in the Name of Love, but still um, number 26 in the R&B chart. And Barbara Weathers went on her solo journey at that point? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. After the As the Brain Turns album, uh, I mean, after the All in the Name of Love album, excuse me, Barbara went solo. Uh, and we went in, we bought in Portia Martin, so that became the album. That album was a great album. The problem with that album was the people that was working that album didn't know how how to market that record. Because we were we were under the the control of the R and B department when that was not an R and B album. That was a, that album was a crossover album. And they didn't approach it that way. See, so that's another thing when you have the wrong people with your product and, you know, it seemed like they were pigeonholing us. They were trying to force us into, you know, forcing a, a square peg into a round hole. You know what I'm saying? That that album should have blew up because that was a great, that was, I mean, I, I listen to album today and I go, I go back and say, wow, it was ahead of its time. People weren't ready for that record. <laughs> It certainly is full of a lot of really strong ballads. Right. We had some great stuff on that record. We're moving up, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we had some great crossover stuff on there. My mistake, you know. Um, my Sugar. My Sugar was on there. You know, that should have went number one. But like I said, at that time, the people that came in to uh, in promotion, they didn't know what to do with that record. I'm sorry, they just didn't. You know. Uh, yeah. Well, that's too bad. But did did some of those tracks still become more successful in the live performance? Um, well, my sugar did because we did that, and then we did that. We did that on a lot of shows. And we did that on Pat, Pat Sajak's show. Because huh. we did Pat Sajak. I think we did his show twice. Then we did Arsenio, too. So, um, we did. I know we did Arsenio twice. Or two different occasions. So, yeah, My Sugar. And, and I believe My First Love was on that record, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, my first love. That was another song that that should have went, went. Now that that one, I think that one went to number one R and B, but it didn't cross over for some reason. Right, 
but that's what I'm saying. It wasn't no, it was no focus. The album didn't have, you know, coming off of As the Man Turns and All in the Name of Love, they should have had it together to know exactly how to plug that in. And especially being with Warner, but we had the wrong people working it. See, yeah. first two albums, the first, no, the first, All in the Name of Love, Benny was there. Benny Medina was there. Benny was really on on top of getting our stuff, getting making sure that we were being taken care of properly. But see, once we did the We're Moving Up album, philosophically it was a different crew of people with a different type of mindset that didn't know what they was doing when it came to what we needed and how to promote that and how to market it and how to get it out there. And unfortunately, it's bad when your career is subjected to that type of, uh, you know, or, or you putting your career in the hands of people that really don't have a clue about what to do with your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Well, there, there's definitely a lot of changes going on uh, around that time at Warner Brothers into the early 90s. And, of course, Prince was there. Um, mm-hmm. And he ended up having a lot of troubles with Warner Brothers in a few years. Did right. Did you get to meet uh, Prince or any of that side of you know Warner Brothers we acts? Never, we never really got a chance to sit and talk with Prince, but we used to we used to see Prince quite a bit, you know, um, because he was, you know, we were there waiting to go in to see to go into R and B department. I mean, going to A and R. I'm sorry, R and R department. Um, you know, sitting in the lobby in Burbank, you know, man, the prince that way a couple of times, you know. Um, so, but we never really had a chance to really sit down and talk with Prince. But, you know, like I said, we were on the same label, so we used to see him all the time. Yeah, they didn't get you guys in any uh, show bills together, huh? No, we didn't do any shows with Prince. You know, that, that would have been interesting, now, you know. Yeah, at that time, but we would like I said the tours that we were doing were more like with Luther and Patty LaBelle, and especially as we evolved, and then we did some stuff with Cameo. Um, in the in back in those days, um, but we were doing the Bud Fest, so because you know the success that we you know we're having with um, always. You know, kept us out there with Luther and Patty. You know, that was a good combination, us and Luther and Patty. That was a great, you know, that was just a great combination. That show was, was really a great show. Yeah. Um, so, how much were you guys motivated or directed by trying to repeat the commercial success versus, you know, letting your creativity flow and that kind of balance? Well, we never, we never really tried to write um, commercially, even though we know it's a commercial market. We tried to write the way we felt. Um, we, how can I say, we, um, we, we, we were kind of different where people like would 
sit down and pick a market they want to write something to or a particular market and and then they would approach it that way we never did we just wrote what we felt came natural for us or you know we were organic writers just put it that way you know we just let the music happen you know that's the way we approach stuff that's great so so you didn't feel pressure to like achieve a certain no because when we tried to do that it didn't work you know what i'm saying i mean like you said on some of the records we hear certain nuances and stuff we were i don't want to say totally conforming but we were conforming to some degree but we we had a we had a vibe of our own and basically we just needed to stay true to what that was and that's what we tried to do is just try to stay true to what, what it is that we did you know just a couple years later with uh, Love Crazy uh, was very different from We're Moving Up, which was more ballads, and, and um, Love Crazy was much more up-tempo. Right, it was. Yep. And me, that was the album that Masterpiece was on. That song went to number three pop. And basically, we would have went to number one had it not been that year for... Uh, Eric Clapton and Vanessa Williams saved the best for last. Mm. That was the song that beat us out in the number one spot that year. But again, if that really pushed it, it would have went to number one. When you get to number three, you're supposed to go to number one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. But yeah, Masterpiece went to number three pop. That was an interesting story with that song, too. I don't know if you give you in the office with Benny. Dina and it was a Kenny Nolan song. He had sent the tape in and to us. And um, just him singing in the piano. And I heard it, I said to Benny, Benny, this song is a hit right here. Benny was like, ah. I was like, trust me, Benny, this song right here is a hit. So he, they, you know, they let us go on. That was one thing about Benny, man. Benny, I love Benny when he came down to music and, and visioning and being creative because he had an insight that was different from a lot of his peers. And Benny was young, but Benny understood. Benny had, he had class, and he was an old soul, and he was a great visionary, he, 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 and he understood how to market stuff. And if he believed in something, he'd fight for it. And even if he didn't clearly see the picture, but he, if he believed in you, he believed in you. And that's one thing I, I respect about Benny to this day. Benny was a great guy. Had we were always able to work with Benny, things would have really been different, you know. Because hmm. like I said, you know, you know, and don't get me wrong what I'm about to say, because I love R&B, but it's not all just about R&B. It's about the world. We were a world band. We were a world group. We rewrote songs for the world, not just for one set of people. Mm -hmm. We were who we are. You could see that we were black, and we were 
we did what we did and we, we had that vibe, but we God gave us the ability to write music for everybody. And that's basically where we were at. And that's what we needed. We needed people that understood that and would would nurture that. You know what I'm saying? Or would open up some doors for us to be able to funnel our stuff into. You know. But it's never too late. <laughs> Well, because even though uh, that track made it to three on pop and R and B, the mm -hmm. album only made it to twenty five on R and B chart, and it, right? That's a strong album, you know. It's a, it was a very strong album. Yeah, and a lot of variety, and I felt new influences coming in too. Like I felt right. some, you know, that soul to soul, loose ends kind of right, right. British right. soul vibe, and. Uh, right. Uh, you know, some Janet Jackson kind of dance style stuff, and mm -hmm. you know, a lot of a lot of new. Th you guys oh, were still trying right, new stuff. It was right in pocket with what was going on. You know what I'm saying? It was right in pocket, but you know, I think it was a couple of things going on at that time. I just think the focus wasn't there. Uh, you know, I don't know if at that time that the management that we had, I don't know if that was you know that played in because I don't know if that got to a point where I think that was a was a problem after a while too, you know. Sometimes you gotta start out fresh so you can you know, you can breathe a different way, you know. I, I felt also too like you guys had an ear to uh, you know, what was going on with house music even. Right. You know? Um, and uh you hit the spot. I wanted to mention that one in particular because that one was another nice up-tempo track that really, to me, harkened back to some of the real classic Atlantic Star sound. Right. That was one of my favorite songs. Rachel Oliver sang, you know, she sang on that album and she did a great job on that song. Unconditional Love, you know, Cut That in Hawaii. And he and Hilo up at the volcano. We did the video up there. And we, I, we did Arsenio when we did Unconditional Love, you know. So yeah, that was um, that was a great, great song. Well, as great and strong as that was, you guys kind of went through another transition, and you went to Era stuff years later, and kind of a one-off deal there. Um, yeah, we went over to Arista, boys. That album was a great album, but you know, we got over there with Clyde. Um, I don't know. It was a lot of. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, that's a that's just a big void in my head right now. You know, that was just another piece of product that just somehow just. Floating into the to, into the abyss. Everybody's got summer though. It's a nice groove track. Well, everybody's got summer. We had time on there. We worked with Diane Warren with Baby B there, um, which was a great song. You know, there's another song on there, "Loving You All Over Again." I mean, that album was packed. You know, with with, with some great great music. Yeah. But, you know, we, you know, we 
we were we were at the uh, mercy of record company. And you had some you you did some uh, Diane Warren stuff on that one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Baby, be there. That was yeah. a great song. You know, but good to come home to. Those songs, two songs, great songs. You know. You got funkier again too with Animal Attraction. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I did that song on uh, on a new keyboard that I got. It was a, a, a PV keyboard. Great sequence. It was a little finicky when it came to programming on it, but it had a great vibe in terms of just the groove. And I, I, uh, I programmed the whole, really, I, I basically programmed the whole song on that. My brother Wayne came and worked with me on it and arranged it and did the lyrics and melody. You know, but that was like influenced, like almost like Billy Idol. You know, that was almost like a Billy Idol influence for me because I like Billy Idol. I like this, that whole vibe that he had, the way he would approach certain things. So when I was doing that, you know, that's the kind of vibe. That, that I was hearing, like, like if Billy Idol would do it, like, know, like a dancing with myself kind of thing, right? Yeah. You know, you know, so, you know just the way he would vibe on something like that. You know, put the get the, the, the uh, rock guitar in there and be towards the end. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We had it going on still, but uh, yeah, whatever, whether it was the label or just the, what was going on in the music industry overall, you know? Um, yeah. And your brother, that was the final record for him, right? For David, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He went into, uh, him and his wife, they went into doing their ministry together. Mm. And then uh, Wayne and myself, well, all three of us, we kind of laid out for about two or three years. We didn't do nothing. We just was, after the Time album and that whole thing, and the industry had really burnt us out. You know, we were like, we need a break. You know, we're going through all kinds of craziness. Industry, personal stuff, just, it was time to just go somewhere and be quiet and just work on your you know. So that's what we did. Time for the break. Because, you know, we had been in the whirlwind for so long that, you know, when you're traveling at 200 miles an hour nonstop, when you're trying to keep up with it all, after a while, this wears you out. Sure. You realize that you know, a lot of people that you have around you that you think are for you, they really for themselves. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because you're the cash cow. But let some things start going on with you, then, you know, people start falling off like flies. Mm. So. Find out who your true friends are. Well, basically, you know, I think in life there comes a time when you got to just purge. And I think purging is is healthy. And, you know, you got to be able to 
The only way to regroup and to recharge is to purge, just like what's going on right now with all this madness. You know, I believe it's a spiritual purge taking place right now. Hmm. And the identity of people, two hearts are really coming out right now. And it's needed. Because, you know, we just got to know where people stand. Yeah, it takes stuff like that for real change to happen, it seems. so. Yeah, it's yeah. got to get ugly before it gets beautiful. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to uh, just mention a few tracks that I particularly like on those two records you did in the late 90s. Okay. Um, that, you know, I want to make sure people are aware of these too because, you know, right. they can be kind of hard to find though, I got to tell you. Um, but Because of You was uh, one in Legacy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there was a couple of tracks, I guess, in some versions that were on both or... Yeah, Legacy, we did um, Because of You was on... Uh, we did a licensing deal with Japanese. Wayne wrote that Because of You. Um, but on the Legacy album, we had some other songs that were did really, did really good overseas in England and France. Like you, you was one of those songs. Yeah, you's a, a very good one. Yeah. yeah, you was 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 really um, was a real big song up in uh, in Europe. You know, that was a song that I wrote with my brother Wayne. You know, um, and um, we had a couple of them. You know. Matter of fact, those albums are still bubbling. You know, it's this, you know, we're getting ready to do a hard push on some of this stuff because we're sort of like kind of regrouping um, some of our publishing and, and putting things in perspective with ASCAP and going after some of the stuff to make sure that some things were licensed properly and, um, were registered and all that because you know what happens is when you're doing this stuff you kind of overlook the the real important stuff till you start digging and you stuff out like oh shoot you know there's money here there's money there you know stuff that's been lingering and lurking but if you don't check it you know you won't know for yourself because ain't nobody gonna tell you hey you got some money over here you gotta search for it. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing now is just getting everything and putting all the apples in one basket and you know, finding out there's a lot of, we got a lot of content out there that's been generating, you know, quite a few dollars, just put it that way. That, uh, yeah, especially in this digital era, you got to definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the Mirror was another track that. Oh yeah, that was one Wayne. That was Wayne's brainchild, but I love that song. I still think we need to do a video for that song right now because it's so pertinent for what's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? Just the overall theme. It's like we really need to do a video for for the mirror. You know? I'm on board with that. Yeah, I love that song though. And also, like, when was the last time? Yeah. That was one of my favorite ones. I wrote that with uh, Jeff Poussin and and uh, myself and Kevin Dean. We, we wrote that together. Yeah. 
So you guys took a real long hiatus until you came out with Metamorphosis. Um, mm -hmm. What inspired you to finally come back and release another record and where things, I know you're, you're touring now, but uh, get us up to speed on, you know, how you finally came out again with another record. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Metamorphosis, we worked on that record for literally three or four years on and off. You know? um, and we got some action in the beginning, but, you know, when you're doing it yourself, you still got to have a bag of money to really get it out there and position it the way you want. Even though you have social media and all that other stuff, but still, it's a grind, and you got to really have somebody that's designated to grind and to be on top of your social media and everything all the time. So the record is still out. It's still doing things, but it's all about being able to infuse the right capital to give it that push. You know, so we're in the process of getting ready to do some stuff. We wanted we wanted to do some remixes, and you know we we didn't print up a lot, so we were going to sell out what we had and basically do another run and 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 you know re-release it. You know, so that's basically what we're in the process of doing it because that album is still virgin. Not too many people heard it. You know. I don't think you, you guys lost a step with that one, you know? No, we didn't. Congratulations <laughs> on it. Thank you. Yeah, that album is a, that's a, that's a great album. I mean, we got some nuances in that album that's like really kicking butt, you know? And that's why I said, you know, everything has its time and its day, and that's the way it's been with us. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah, I mean, just so people know if they haven't heard it, you got some electronic dance music influence in there. You got a Latin yeah. thing going on. Yeah, that Latin, that Latin vibe, I remember when I did that. I was like, that's what I was in. I was in a Latin frame of mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then Wayne came in and put all that, sweetening and overdub horns and all that other stuff and arranged it. And we went all the way back to 1968 with Cal Jada and, and, and Fire All-Stars and Eddie Palmieri. We was thinking about everything when we, when we were doing doing that, you know? Yeah, you got uh, Soulful Strut, is that? That was, the Soulful Strut thing was for Everybody Got Summer. Yeah, I forgot to mention, I wanted to mention yeah. that that was cool that that was yeah that. we worked on that we we um worked on a record with basal benford he uh, basically came with that sample um that was on the time album yes yeah. yep soulful strut i remember that song i grew up to soulful strut you know that's a classic no doubt never get tired of that one no 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 diggity <laughs> <laughs> The real song, the party song. Yeah. Yeah, that was Immediately puts you in a certain nice space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need more yeah. of that right now. True. That's what it was back in the day. The music was happy. The way the sound and, and, and the tones and everything was upbeat. You didn't think about wanting to be violent and hurt nobody. You could put a song on, people could be mad. You put that song, that certain song on, it would just be change the whole atmosphere. That's what we got to get back to. 
that's why I know our music is still version to the world, even though it's been out. But we got some stuff like this new album, like you said, Metamorphosis. When we really get that thing locked in right, I I I, I have a, I always had a feeling about that album. I know the album is gonna have its day. You know. I really like. Um, uh, Where well, love is amazing is uh, happening. Thank you, baby. Real nice soul ballad. Mm-hmm. And um, I want you. I like the way you have that heavy downbeat kind of on that one. I want you. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing for the rest? Yeah, that's like that Stevie Wonder vibe. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. the melody. You know what I'm saying? Good mm-hmm. stuff. Very good stuff. So. You guys are, how much are you guys uh, playing when you are able to play uh, this new stuff versus the uh, classic old stuff? Uh, you know, we, we, we've been playing the new stuff on and off for like the, over a year now. Matter of fact, we had a lot of shows booked for this year that we had to kind of cancel because of the COVID thing. You know, but um, what we do is we try to sneak in a new one here and there, you know, to get the people, you know, so for us, it's always been being out there to play. Once we can play it and people will hear it, then they'll want it. Because that's the way it's always been with us, you know. So, you know, when we, we're in a position to get back out there and start playing again, we'll be good to go. Because you know, we were real busy. Wow. We had did the, uh, the Soul, Soul Train cruise with the Jacksons in January. You know? mm that was cool. We had a good time on that show. So yeah, we were supposed to do. We had we did something in March. No, we didn't do something in March. We get ready to play in April. We had Disney. We had a weekend coming up for Disney that we had to cancel. Um, then we had Atlanta was supposed to be in May, June. We had some other dates, and then possibly. Uh, Indiana date that was supposed to happen in May, uh, and then we were coming back to to Alexandria to play Birchman, which I think that might still happen in July. I don't know. We'll have to see. But Finger, we already booked for it. You know? Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. On not just that one, but just all the shows coming back. Yeah. Um, what What can people expect to see at an Atlantic Star show nowadays? Well, I think people are shocked when they come to see us because, first of all, we, I think we're very, very seasoned now. So when they come to see us, first of all, a lot of people don't believe that me and my brother is still, you know, or that the group sounds like it does, you know, or, you know, because I got some people think we're supposed to be old and beat up with a cane and, you know, but we we're consistent in delivering the music. You know, um, um, so when people come and they hit, it's like, dang, you guys is like, I'm sitting here listening to this stuff like we yesterday. You know, you know, you're talking about some songs that's over thirty years old. You know, um, so. 
and you know the delivery, the people love it, and like especially when we go over to England and France. We did a we did a show in France and down to Lyon, and man, it was like I had never been to Lyon to play. Uh, we had been to France, but never Lyon, and uh, people were blown away. <laughs> you know, so it's great. Like I said, it's a blessing. You know, the whole thing is again is being able to get out there to do what it is that we do. Um, you know, I'm slowly but surely getting back in writing mode. Um, you know, I was also in education, getting ready to retire from that and at the end of June. Well, I hope congratulations are in order. Yeah, so I'll be able to spend more time with music and video because we do, we do music and do video and all this stuff, you know. Um, me and my nephew brother, we, invested in quite a bit of equipment but we have the best 4k cameras and lights and everything we have enough stuff to shoot features now so um you know for the next phase you know yeah developing a lot of the our younger nephews and stuff that's coming up that's doing music matter of fact we have one of my nephews we take out on the road with us now that's a programmer and uh, and keep on playing and these things are some of the backgrounds great get that next generation teach them right that's it we ain't gonna be around forever so you know you want to you want to pass the baton absolutely you know, yeah keep the, keep the music going because the music is timeless absolutely yeah i i had two more quick questions i want to ask you before i let you go i really appreciate the generosity of your time jonathan not a problem um, what is there a particular piece of work or track, or you could even name two if you need to, but that you're most proud of in the whole catalog? It's a couple of them. And when I think, I think of time, I think of secret lovers, I think of always, I think of don't take me for granted, I think of, um, under your spell, because we originally did that song for Ronnie Ivory. My brothers, when they did that, we were trying to get that. And Ronnie loved the song. It's just politics kept him from doing it. Hmm. You know, but that song was right down Ronnie Ivory's alley. You know, was that when you were both on Warner's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Under your spell. Yeah. I don't know if you heard this song or remember it, but. That was a great song. I mean, very, very, it's an emotional song. You know? Yeah. It's been so many, I mean, um, so good to come home to, um, loving you all over again, on the other side. That was another thing. I remember we did a show in um down in in reading pennsylvania and we drove from reading back to new york and all we did was play atlantic star tracks all the way back from reading to new york and still had more songs to go <laughs> so that just goes to show how deep our catalog is 
Absolutely. Wow. So it's like a gold mine. <laughs> you know. What what would be your favorite album by another artist? Stevie Wonder Talking Book. Fly Stone, Dance to the Music. Um all well, all the Sly Stones albums. Um uh, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Jimi Hendrix, Band of Gypsies. Steve Woodward, John Bollycorn must die. What was it, there was there anyone that you met through all these years where you were just really like starstruck? You were just like, Wow. Well, you know, it's funny. Stevie was a good friend of ours. Cause Stevie, when we had a place in L.A., he used to come by the place in L.A. A friend of mine used to bring him over. We were tight with him. We were together at that time. So Stevie would come by the, by the apartment. And then when he came to New York, he came by my mother's house one time. So it was, it was always good hanging out with him. I mean, he came in the room one night, came over, and he started playing my piano. And I was watching this. Fingering and saying, man, how is he getting them sounds like? I mean, like, it was just deep, magical to me. Um, let me see who else. Little Richard. He was another one. When I first met Little Richard, he was, he looked like a superhero to me because he was so tall. And he always wore those boots, you know, those boots. And the way he, his look, you know, he just, he, he was just, you know, like I said, he looked like a super, he, he was a superstar. He was just, he was a deep dude, man, but he was a real, real spiritual person. He was, you know, but Lil Richard was a, was a, was a, was a beautiful person. Beautiful. You know, oh, Grace Jones. I'll never forget, we hung out at the Soul Train one for a night. Was there and I was a little. That's from the days when I used to drink wine and champagne. I haven't done that in over thirty years. And I was a little tipsy, and I saw Grace. I said, "Grace Jones," and I started talking some crazy stuff. Nothing, nothing, uh, nothing vulgar or nothing, you know, disrespectful. Just, you know, just being shocked to see her just sitting in this chair the way she wasn't at strong intense look that she had and all of a sudden this chick broke out laughing at me like ah -ha. and it was funny and after that we just started talking and she was just so cool so cool and Nicole was like was was a beautiful person too I like I was I mentioned earlier when we were at, at Soundcastle one day I walked over he was in a session and he, she had taken a break and I went in and sat down with her and we started talking and it was just a beautiful conversation. She was a beautiful person. And then back in the A&M days, everybody used to come through there, you know, share. You know, I used to sit and talk to Karen Carpenter and, you know, uh, I remember when I first met Jaco Pastoria was over there. Mm -hmm. You know, two Street of Frampton. You know, that that was a that was a great place to just fellowship because Minnie Ripperton. I remember 
talking to many and those are the days. And now I'm reminiscing, but those days were some great days. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing those memories. Appreciate it. Um, well, thank you for having me. You know, glad we could finally do this. Thanks for bringing so much love into the world. You know, we need it. Well, that's what we've always been about. You know, love. God is love. You know, we try to represent the true essence of who the Creator is. You know, so I mean, like I said, we're very blessed and highly favored, as they say in the in the in the in the, in the gospel and Pentecostal churches. You know. Um, we've been really blessed and, and God has been really good to us and the fact that we're still here and in our right minds and we're able to still do what we do and do it well. It's, it's a blessing. Yeah. So, and and we just thank the fans for, for hanging out with us for all these years, you know, and still loving us the way they do. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters, thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing and it is a beautiful thing all coming together for the love of this great music also if you can throw us a buck or two we could use the support financially keeping the lights on keeping the servers going all these expenses if you can help support the program whatever you can give much appreciated go to the funkinstuff.net website and on the right hand side of every page you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly and I much enjoy the... Uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. <laughs>